Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. I've been spending most of my time lately in the back, and I forgot how great the singing sounds when you're up front. It's coming at you. It is wonderful. Love it. The title that I gave my lesson this morning to be put in the newspaper was, gosh, forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, we're getting old. We have problems. But uh, did we really know Jesus? Do we really know Jesus? We need to think about that for a little bit this morning. Now, I'll try to keep it under 30 minutes. But do we really know Jesus and what Jesus has done for us? You know, these five verses that we read this morning, had read, Jesus was with God in the beginning. In the very beginning, He was there. He helped God do everything that was done. He helped God make Adam and Eve. And at that point in time, God and Jesus both knew that eventually Jesus would have to come to this life as a human being and offer a very simple, easy plan of salvation. And Jesus did that. He accomplished that. And we don't, we have a world of people that don't recognize it. That simple, easy plan of salvation that Jesus made for us. But, you know, I can think and I can look up at heaven. I can see God on His throne. Well, no, I can't see Him because He's so glorious and righteous that it's so bright you can't see God. But there's Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God. And I can hear God say, Son, it's time. It's time. That's kind of the way Dad would talk to me. Son, it's time. You're going to have to go. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of the throne of God, had to know every step of the way that He was going. I mean, every move that He would make for the next 33 years. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine Jesus knowing that He's going to have to be made a little seed and planted in the womb of Mary and be there for nine months? You know, what did the man say when he was told he, 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 he had to be born again? He said, I can't go back into my mother's womb. I can't be born again. But with all things, God is capable. And we need to remember that. We need to put that in our book. God is capable. And that's what He did. That's exactly what He did. He made Jesus a little seed and planted her, him in Mary's womb. He was there for nine months now. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He knew where he was going. And he knew that he would be born just like we were in order to be a human being and lead us to salvation. Lead us to salvation. He knew that when he said, I'm ready. I'm ready. Father, I'm ready. Let's go do it. Nine months and then be born wrapped in swaddling clothes. Laid in a manger because there wasn't room for Him in the inn. 
wise men come, greeted him, brought presents, and then they left a different route instead of going back and telling Herod where he was at because they knew Herod would want to slay him. And shortly thereafter, Joseph gets a dream. Take this child and his mother and escape into Egypt. Jesus knew that was going to happen before He said, Yes, Father, I'm ready. He also knew that as He escaped, a multitude of two-year-old and under around Bethlehem and in Bethlehem would be slaughtered. And you know what? We've got a bunch of Bible scholars now that say that since Matthew is the only place that appears, only record of that, and a bunch of historians that say there's no history record of it that want to throw it out of the Bible. Well, my Bible is old. I've been preaching out of it for a lot of years. And I thought seriously about just tearing the book Matthew out of it as an example. Because that's what we will have to do if we believe somebody's description that is different than the Bible. Whatever we allow somebody to teach us different than what's in the Bible, tear it out. It ain't no good. Throw it away. Because that's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that we have to study and to learn and to obey. Jesus knew that many, many babies would be slaughtered. Be slaughtered to give me salvation. I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. The slaughter of babies so I could have salvation. But the world does. Every human being that has existed since deserves it. Billions instead of a few. But it's sad. And it had to be sad to Jesus standing there before the Father knowing that was going to happen. Babies two years and under would be slaughtered because of Him on His way to give us an easy plan of salvation. Herod the king, and after he finally died, they brought Jesus back to the Bethlehem area. There he grew up. You know, and it, we've got a period of time that we don't have a whole lot about Jesus growing up. You know, I, I, I picture Jesus as a, as a child, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, not having very many friends because he knew about his father. He knew that his father had sent him because he stayed in the synagogue at age 12 and he, he was astounding all of the scholars there already. When his parents come and found him three days later, he said, I must be about my father's business. We must be about our father's business. We sang the song, Here am I, send me. Are we talking about Jesus being sent or are we talking about ourselves? We sang these songs, but we don't do what they tell us to do. And we sang them with a lot of heart. This, the singing here is beautiful. 
far exceeds any congregation I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of them. Preached at a lot of them. And the singing here is, is the best. It's wonderful. And then we have the gap. We have the gap from 12 years old to 30 years old. And at 30 years old, he, he approaches John the Baptist to be baptized. And John said, oh no, you need to baptize me. And what did Jesus reply? Jesus said, no, let it be because we must fulfill all righteousness. I used that verse in sermon after sermon and it finally dawned on me. He said, we, not me. Who else was he talking about? He was talking about everybody must fulfill all righteousness. We'll get to that a little later. Everybody must fulfill all righteousness. Not just Jesus, but we must. We must fulfill all righteousness. After baptism, Jesus went out and He selected His twelve apostles to teach. To learn from Him what had to be done. To learn from Jesus for three years. They saw Jesus commit Miracle after miracle. During those three years, He healed the sick. He healed the blind. He, he brought the dead back to life. More than just once. One time He was told He's been dead three days. He stinketh. Don't even go in the room. But Jesus went in and brought Him out. Jesus as a human being, had that kind of power. And that power was to prove to us, as written in these Scriptures, what we had to do to be saved. To cause us to believe. And there's a world of people that think belief is all you've got to do. But these Scriptures caused us to believe to obedience. And that's the key, believe to obedience. Jesus taught that. For we must all fulfill this righteousness. Jesus taught the apostles that. He taught the apostles to go into all the world and teach the gospel after He was gone. Now we get to that gospel. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, even appointed an apostle that he knew ahead of time would betray him. Knew when he appointed him, he would betray him. That was Judas. Judas betrayed him with a kiss. With a kiss. How terrible that must have been. How awful. That had to hurt just about as bad as what he was betraying him into. Then Jesus went to a mock trial. They told all kinds of lies about him. Things that he hadn't done, they said he did. Blasphemy. And a world of other things that could be put to death for. And then they allowed 
a bad person to be released from jail and Jesus put through it. They scourged him so bad he couldn't carry his cross up the hill. Made him so weak from loss of blood with a scourging. They put a, a crown of thorns on his head and I'm sure they jammed it on pretty hard. Oh, what a story. How easy it is to believe after we read of all the things that Jesus did that this actually happened. And then they nailed Him to that cross through His hands and His feet. And lo and behold, they left just enough slack that when the hands were hurting so bad He couldn't stand it anymore, He could push up with His feet and relieve the pressure. And when His feet got to hurting so bad He couldn't stand that anymore, He could drop and let the pressure be on His hands. How terrible, how awful the crucifixion was of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What He went through, six hours of it. Six hours of terrible punishment. They pierced His side and water flowed out. They tried to give Him vinegar to drink when He said, I thirst. And God had to turn His back on Him while He was hanging there on the cross so His blood could take our sins. That's the only way His blood could take our sins was for God to actually turn His back on Him while He took our sins. Because God can't look at sin. Turned His back on His own Son. You know, Sometimes we have to do something like that. We call it hard love. But what God did far exceeds anything we've ever done. He gave up His Son. He turned His back on Him so He could take our sins. How terrible. How terrible that had to be for God and for Jesus. How terrible that we don't recognize the terrible crucifixion and what it means to us. What His death means. His death is part of the Gospel plan that He created being here. And they put Him in a tomb and they rolled a rock across that tomb that man couldn't move. God moved it. God moved that huge rock and the jailers were told to claim you went to sleep. And the apostles come and moved it. More lies. More lies. Oh, how easy it is to tell a little lie, you know. <laughs> yeah, we went to sleep. God moved that huge stone while they were awake. They seen it. And they knew who moved it but was afraid to tell. Jesus come out of that tomb, came out of that tomb alive. Alive for you and me. First He had to shed His blood for us. Then He had to come out of that tomb alive. He's alive today and He's back up there in heaven with God, wherever heaven is. 
We all like to look up. Think it's up there somewhere. But Jesus is alive today. Come out of that tomb. Oh, in all of His glory. He come out of that tomb, the Son of God again. In all of His glandor. He could walk through walls because He surprised the apostles by just showing up. Not through a door, but through a wall. Jesus did all this for you and me. Jesus came to this earth as a little baby and lived a life for just 33 years for you and me. And you know, if you turn over to the last chapter of John, we find in the 21st chapter, the 25th verse, that John tells us something that... And there were also many other things that Jesus did just in three years. Many other things that Jesus did. Now listen. Listen to how many there were. Which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. These are just recorded so we can believe. To make it easy for us to believe. But He did so much more in that three short years. More than could be recorded. So much more. I don't even hold a flicker of a candle to what Jesus did in three years and my 84 years. Trying, trying to tell people about Jesus but not working near as hard as I should have. Now old age is setting in and sometimes I forget things. But I don't forget what Jesus did for me. Don't ever forget it. And hopefully my mind will never get that bad that I forget what Jesus did for me. Because it was so fantastic. It was unbelievable. But it's written down so we can believe it. God's Word. I encourage all of you to pray for knowledge. Pray for knowledge, but if you really want knowledge, God will help you. But you better open this and study it to get knowledge. The knowledge that God would have us have so we can tell others about Jesus. Jesus undoubtedly said, Here am I, send me, God. Father, here am I, send me. We need to make that our motto. Not just a song, but our motto. Let me go tell somebody about Jesus and Him crucified. Let me tell about the salvation that He has come and provided for us. About the love that God had for us that caused Him to send His Son. And the love He had for us to cause Him to turn His back on His Son so He could accept our sins. We don't know that kind of love in this life. It's a love that we can't understand. But we can strive for it and towards it as we live and as we obey Jesus and what He's told us to do. What did He tell us to do? 
Mark 16, 16 says, Believe and be baptized. Acts 2 and 38 says, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Is there anything hard about that? Is there anything hard to understand about it? We need to make it as easy to understand as we can as we tell people about it. But we need to be telling people about it. Each and every one of us. Don't just be a pew warmer. Be for God. Be for Jesus our Savior. And don't be afraid to tell others about Him. Just think of what He has done for us. What He's done for you if you haven't obeyed this simple Gospel that Jesus came to provide. You need to do it right now. Today. The baptistry is ready to repent of your sins. And in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, come up here and tell everybody I believe Jesus is the Son of God. With all of my heart, I believe it. And I want to obey it. If there's one of either class that just wants the prayers of the church for wrongs they've done or need to be baptized, there are those here ready to help as we stand and sing. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.